Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. An apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that, we might, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. And I'll find a scripture for, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And you could be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. Whew. I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be going. I, I, some other things kind of came as I was sitting there. So I'm trying to make this make sense. Amen. Uh, okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, so, just go back to the beginning. When, when you think about our current sermon series, how we've been dealing with the anatomy of bondage, all right? And, and we, we understand that the anatomy is defined as the structural makeup, especially of an organism or any of its parts. Definition number two for anatomy, a separating or dividing into parts for detailed examination. So we have been separating and breaking down, looking at the parts of bondage. And, and, and doing it with a detailed examination. And we understand that bondage is defined as, you know, is servitude or subjugation to a controlling personal force. Amen? And so we talked about uh, different levels. We talked about oppression. We talked about suppression. And we talked about possession. Amen. And so as we've been moving, you know, the last two Sundays, God had us speak about being tied or being bound to a leader. And so we looked at bondage from a different angle or a different perception, you know, and how the life of those of us that serve, you know, how our lives are actually blessed by being tied or bound to our actual leaders. We didn't get that much help right there because folks still want to comply, not come subject. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between your compliance and your coming subject. Amen. So we're still not getting that much help, which is all right. But, but, <laughs> but today, <laughs> today we're talking about opinions. Opinions. Uh, if, if, matter of fact, let's, let's, let's go back to our foundational scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. Which talks about what? For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. And so one of the things that we know right off gate when a person is bound, there is an element of fear that is going to be present. And so the scripture lets us know, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. And what I'm understanding, the more and more as we dig into this and the more and more we deal with Hebraic concepts and culture and things of that nature and just looking at our own selves, uh, what I'm finding out, many people are struggling to receive God as father or receive God as daddy because of their own personal father issues. Or, you know, their father wasn't there physically. He wasn't there emotionally. And so it, it, we find ourselves struggling within the, in the area of trusting, being able to trust God for God to be a father. Because your own father wasn't there in a certain particular way that you needed your father to be there. So we find ourselves actually struggling now embracing God as a father. And then don't allow God to send someone like a Paul, an apostle, which is interpreted not only as a sent out messenger, but is also interpreted as a father. So if we have these father figures, because the Bible lets us know that we have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. So even when we have these father figures, if you're like me, you struggle with, like, I have my own daddy. He wasn't the best, but I have my own daddy. And uh, everything in me tells me to protect my daddy. His mess up, his hangups, that's for me to know. If anybody's going to talk about his mess up, his hang-ups, his flaws, and his issues, that's me. You don't get to put your mouth on my dad. You understand? So it was, it was kind of hard. It was kind of difficult. Even when apostle uh, became a father figure, what God was telling me, I'm going to send you, you know, I'm, I'm taking you from Florida, sending you to Charlotte, and it'll be there, that you will be in full-time ministry, it'll be there, that you will find your wife, it'll be there, that I will teach you how to be a man of God and not just a man. And in, in understanding how to be a man of God, part of that was learning how to come subject and receive my leader as a father figure. God understood what I needed. Because again, my father was there. My father was in the home. But the emotional support, the physical touching that wasn't there. So God understood what I would need in relation to ministry, what he's called me to do in regards to ministry. So, when you think about your relationship, most of us struggle with authoritative people in our lives because there was an absence of our father. And like I said, he could have been physically in the home, but he was never present with you. He was never in the moments. You little girl had a broken heart. Daddy was never there to tell you, listen, it's going to be some little knucklehead little boys. They're going to break your heart, but I promise you, you'll get over this. Daddy was not there to tell you that. You know, and you as a young boy, you failed to make the basketball team, the football team, whatever, whatever you were trying to do. Daddy was not there to say, listen, it's going to be all right. There are other things that you're good at. Right? So we have all of these issues that we're dealing with, and it becomes difficult for us to see God as a father. They just done took me away from Romans, I see. Just, just 
move me away from them. It's like, like. <laughs> so, so it's difficult for us to cry, Daddy. Because most of us, we never called our own father Daddy. Some of us called him by his first name. Some of us didn't call him anything. He was dead to you. Even though he wasn't literally dead, he was dead to you. Because you figure he doesn't want anything to do with me, so I don't want anything to do with him. Ah, that's just your anger. That's all that is. Which shows us how much you're craving and longing for your father. So, because your father wasn't there, you don't know how to actually do relationships well. And then if you throw in the mother piece, that mother aspect, now this is where all of this fear comes in. The anger comes because the father wasn't there, but then the fear comes because the mother wasn't present like that. Mind you, typically you're going to have mothers who are going to be there. Physically they're there. But that doesn't mean, that, again, that they're present. So most of us, we find ourselves not being able to do relationship well. And when you think about relationships, they're designed to take you, carry you somewhere in life. And because of our inability to have a good relationship with our father, mother, when you think about the different relationships that you find yourself a part of, where have they taken you? Relationships are designed to take you to better places in life. I just had a conversation with my mom and I was explaining, uh, you know, what was talking about kind of what I'm saying right now, talking about relationships and telling her what God had been showing me about relationship. And I said, understand, had not you and my dad was telling me, if you guys did not tell me and my brothers, listen, mm -mm, don't hang around. Those relationships could have took me to an early grave or those relationships could have took me to prison. But because I, I, I had someone in my life seeing what I was unable to see at that time, because your friend is just your friend. That's my homeboy, your homegirl, that's my dude, that's my boy. You, you understand? I don't see what I really need to see. And then there were some of us, we actually see what is there, but we try to downplay what we see. Because you figure, well, hey, I'm not going to do that. Well, you have to remember, guilty by association. So I was telling her again, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful that you guys were willing to say, now separate yourself. Because that relationship is not going to take you anywhere prosperous. That relationship is not going to take you to a healthy place. That relationship is going to bring gloom to your life, destruction to your life. Did I like it all the time? No. Because I felt like some of these people that they were saying was going to bring destruction in my life, I felt like some of them were some of my closest friends. They understood me. They got me. Right? You know what I'm talking about. But in reality, when I look back now and I see where some of these people are, they're in prison. Some of them dead. Some of them are strung out on drugs. And I'm so glad. <laughs> I ain't got to finish that. I'm, mm. I'm so glad. 
I'm so glad. So we're here in the book of Galatians. Get my preacher talk on now. We're in the book of Galatians. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Paul, the apostle Paul, is actually dealing with the Judaizers, a sect of the Jews, who were trying to, you know, come and speak into the lives of the new converts and stuff. And they were trying to force upon them that they must live according to the law. Whereas Paul was saying, we're no longer bound by the law, we're living by grace. And so one of the main things that they were trying to push upon them, if you're going to be a believer, then you must be circumcised. You must be circumcised. And Paul being who he is, I just, Paul is one of my favorite dudes in the Bible. Separate and apart from Jesus and David, Paul is one of those dudes. He's just like, listen, I'm saved, but I still will go in your mouth. <laughs> that's, that's that nature that Paul kind of presents. Like, Paul was not afraid to step the folk. For example, when you see, when, 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 he, when he saw the apostle Peter, right, uh, 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 trying to act like, you know, I feel like I'm about to mess this up. But when he saw the apostle Peter living one way, you know, in front of certain people, but then when the Jews came around, he was trying to live a certain way. So when he was with the Gentiles, he would live a certain way. And then when he was with, not that he was in sin or anything like, like that. You know, just, just act of fun. You know, certain things he was not going to do in the presence of other Jews. But when he was with the Gentiles, certain things he did. And, and, and Paul checked it. Paul stood. The Bible talks about how he withstood him to his face. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Peter. You got an attitude? Listen, my resume speaks for itself, homie. Because <laughs> we know Peter was a bad dude. Peter, Peter had a temper. I didn't back Paul down. I was like, listen, man, I'm that one. I'm that one that was dragging, dragging y'all before I became Chris. That was me, dragging y'all folk to prison, men and women. That was me. It's, I'm that Paul. So, so I like Paul. So Paul didn't have a problem checking folk. What you find nowadays, because of opinions, people have an issue checking folk I didn't plan to go this way so I don't even know why we're going this way in Jesus mighty name uh, because you find out when you check folk folk will threaten you with their presence I ain't coming back I ain't giving no offering paying no tithe I'm going to friend you on Facebook you know, you're not, I'm, I'm, you're not, listen, I'm watch, not watching any more of your pictures on Instagram. I don't even know how all this stuff works, but I'm just saying, folk will threaten you. Y'all know I'm not lying. Folk, folk will threaten you if you decide to check folk. Mind you, Paul being the apostle, that is a part of his responsibility to check, to check folk. So, we read all the way down to verse 10. Verse number 10 would be my focus scripture as we talk about 
opinions, but I wanted you to understand the text. Paul, as he's here, he's letting them know, listen, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So he's validating his apostleship. Because he's saying, listen, no man called me. I was called by Jesus. On that road to Damascus, I saw Jesus. And he gave me an assignment. He gave me a gospel that I'm supposed to preach. That's what he's letting us know. He, 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 he begins to move on. He says, oh, you just took me all the way to 10, huh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this, this is his introduction, his salutation. And he says, all the brethren which are with me of the churches, listen, God called all of them as well. None of us called ourselves, nor men called us, but it was God. The Father, and it was through Jesus Christ that he called all of us. And he said, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. He's always ushering in that grace. Come on, have some grace. And there are times you got to extend grace to people because of some of the things that are getting ready to be dealt with. Here's some grace for you. You know, um, and sometimes the grace may be based upon what I'm getting ready to say, but sometimes the grace is also, okay, give me grace. The same grace that I'd extended to you, give me grace back. So he says, number four, he says what? Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. This is, I've been called by him, the one who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Go, he says five, he says what? To whom be glory forever and ever, Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That's the problem. What Paul began to understand is these new believers, they've been tempted and swayed to another gospel. That is, this, this, this gospel of you must be circumcised in order to be a believer. And he's saying, okay, but, but have you so soon forgotten what was preached to you prior to? What actually got you saved? The message that you heard that convicted your heart, transformed you, and actually it, it moved you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? How is it that you are now so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of God, unto another gospel? And isn't this what we find people actually doing nowadays? People are quickly removing themselves from the gospel of Christ. Truth. Because one thing about truth, truth comes to challenge you. Now, this is what I like. Christ did come. Grace and truth. But when you think about who really Jesus was, yes, he was about love. He embodied love. But at the same time, Jesus was one of the most offensive cats in the Bible. If you read your Bible, you'll see Jesus was one of the most offensive cats in the Bible. Because when you think about all the rules and regulations 
the 613 Mosaic laws that were introduced, right? He came and he simplified that. And the religious folk had an issue with that. No, no, you're not just about to do it with but all our rules now. We've been living this way for years and you ain't about to just come change all of this. And we got a problem with all of this. What then will you say is the greatest commandment? He simplified it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength. So you mean to tell me I'm not loving God if me a woman when my cycle comes on, I'm making sure that I got a bucket outside the house. I'm making sure I'm not in the presence of my man so that I don't make defile anything in the house. Yeah. He came and he simplified all of that. And religious folk didn't like, no, Moses gave this to us. Jesus, Moses. This is how it was supposed to be, Jesus, Moses. But they got it, Moses, Jesus. To the point they're blind, they don't even understand or recognize this is the Messiah. He came and he simplified that. But yet you'll find people because truth comes to challenge you and in truth challenging you, what truth will oftentimes do, truth will oftentimes offend you. Because as you've been hearing me talk about lately, one thing we understand is truth comes and guess what? God will offend your thought process, how you interpret something, how you view it, how you perceive it. Because guess what? That truth offends your thought process to do what? Reveal your heart heart because again mind heart can be used interchangeably in scripture and we understand according to Jewish culture they made decisions from heart and this is this is where the issues of life come from the heart and and the Bible lets us know even as we begin to talk about this whole anatomy of bondage we understand the things that the father man it comes from within heart but yet he said okay they're so quick to be removed from the gospel of Christ and go and find another gospel there was this real thing as the gospel of grace there was a real thing right the Bible declares that there was a gospel of grace but this hyper-grace movement where everything is about grace and there is no truth. Or I could do anything because he's already died for all of my sins. What? He has died for your sins, but that does not mean that there was not a consequence for your present sin. He says, what? Which is not, y'all like skipping verses? Did that just jump from five to, oh, okay. That's on me. That's on me. I'm looking for the six. Like, where is the six? <laughs> okay. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. You were moved to another gospel. He said, there is no other gospel. He said, but there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. And that's what you now find people trying to pervert. Is he really God? 
Is he the Messiah? Okay, what about this one right here? What about this one right here? That's the white man's book. They're trying to brainwash you with the white man's book. I will not read nothing that the white man, all this stuff. But when you think about all the other books that you get your information from, you read somebody else's book. And you be saying, you be saying, like, stuff you can't even, you just like, what? The white man's book. Right. When, when you don't allow scripture and the Holy Spirit to interpret scripture, then you can have something like the Bible being enforced upon slaves back in the day saying slaves, the Bible says, obey your masters. But taken out of context, but when you think about it, in that day and age, whoever the author was writing to was writing to that particular people that had slavery within You understand? Slavery was very much present who the author was actually writing to. So understand, it isn't okay, if indeed slavery is in the culture, then slaves come subject to your master. Then when you understand, you don't even have to go outside into other cultures. When you understand he bred cultures, when a Hebrew, when an Israelite fell on hard times, were in debt, they would make themselves become a slave to one of their neighbors. Meaning, if Pastor Ivan had money and I fell on hard times, I'm going to actually make myself become a slave to Pastor Ivan. But then there was something called the Shemitah, Every seven years, when the Shemitah comes, even if I haven't worked and paid off my debt, legally, according to the Shemitah, he must release me of the debt. So we don't even have to go into another culture. If I've made myself be his slave, then guess what? I must come subject to him as my master, because guess what? I'm in debt to him. Oh, but when that Shemitah come around, <laughs> I can see all of them just... just Oh, well, it's over. The Shemitah has come. All right? Go, go. So it says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. He's saying if an angel comes and declares another gospel, that angel is going to be cursed. And if any other man or woman preaches any other gospel except the gospel of Jesus Christ, they shall be cursed. He says, go down to verse 9, it says, which he's echoing the same thing. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be a curse. Let him be cursed. And then we find ourselves in our focus scripture, verse number 10. Well, we're showing you Paul is speaking his validation of his apostleship because he's saying, listen, I was called by Jesus and God the Father. No man called me to be an apostle. So now, since we're talking about opinions, one of the easiest ways for an individual to be bound is by the form of opinion. The opinion of men. 
these Judaizers were actually speaking against Paul's authority as being an apostle. One of the quickest ways to get somebody to believe something different is to tear down what was previously there. So they're tearing down, you know, his validity as being an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then tearing down the gospel that he's preaching about the salvation through the Messiah. And they're now pushing back up the laws, the law of Moses, in particular being circumcised. So there are a bunch of opinions that these new converts are having to dissolve with or wrestle with in their mindset. And you know, think about how you struggle with the opinion of men. And Paul is quickly stamping that out. Because again, you can wrestle with my validity as being an apostle of Jesus Christ, but I need you to understand, Jesus called me. God called me, not a man. It was him. So Paul is not struggling with the opinion of his fellow Jews. Now, I know who God has called me to be. Whether you agree or disagree, I know who God has called me to be. Whether it looks like it or not, I know who God has called me to be. Matter of fact, I'll tell you myself, I'm the chiefest of the sinners. But I know who God has called me to be. So the scripture says, he says, for do I now persuade men? Do I now use my speech to try to persuade you to believe that I am worthy of the call that God has placed on my life? Do I use my, my words to try to persuade these new believers that the gospel that was once preached to you, it is the true gospel? So we're talking about the opinion of people. How many times you find yourself trying to persuade yourself that what they said and what they thought, you find yourself wrestling on the inside. No, it's not that. No, I am. And all of these different things where you're struggling with the opinion of people where the reality, it could be that you are bound by the opinion of man. He says, for do I now persuade men or God? In other words, look at it like this is something you've heard me say quite a bit. Who opinion matters most? Is it the opinion of man or the opinion of God? I've come to a place in my life where God's opinion matters most. I don't care what you think. It's what he thinks. He's the only one that has a heaven or hell. He's the only one that cared enough to love me while I was yet a sinner. To empty heaven of his only begotten son to send him on my behalf to die for me and to die for you. He's the only one. No one else was claiming to do that. No one else loved me enough to actually do that. Think about it. When you don't want to deal with me, you do what? You separate yourself. But this God is always trying to get closer to you. I'm willing to bankrupt heaven to get close to you to send you my best to get close to you. So he says, for do I not persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? 
And see, that's the thing. When you're wrestling with the opinion of people, most of us, we don't go, well, we want God to say, God, no, I'm, I'm, it's what you said, God. It's an internal struggle based upon what these people think. Because you see these people with your natural eyes and you don't see God with your natural eyes. You hear these people with your natural ears. You still question whether or not God speaks to you. <laughs> so it matters to you what they think and what they have said. It matters to you what they think and what they will say. So you find yourself trying to not please God but please people. For the sake of I want a good report from these people. When I say good report, I want them to like me. Think about it. How most of you, 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 you are addicted to your phone, your tablet, because of Facebook, this so-called social media, which has caused you to be in social. You're not social at all. The first thing you do when you get up, it's not talk to God. It's not even say good morning to the person in the bed. It is you look at your phone. The last thing you do before you go to bed, it's not kiss the person next to you and say good night, I love you. It's not talk to God. It is actually look at your phone. To the point that even when we call ourselves talking to God, guess what? We're talking to God like this. <laughs> so, so distracted. You can't tell me what God just said. You can't tell me if he actually spoke, but you can tell me what chime that was on your phone. You can tell me what notification that was on your phone. So some of us, we actually are guilty of taking Facebook in prayer, taking Instagram, taking Twitter in prayer. And we wonder why we struggle the way we struggle. The instruction or the direction that you should have got, should have heard, you could not receive, could not hear because. You were busy checking likes. Checking to see if somebody liked the fact that I'm hungry. I'm about to get me a hamburger. What? First of all, I think some of y'all need to check what you be putting on Facebook. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to go ahead and say it for you. Don't nobody care what you're about to eat. Because all the so-called friends that you claim are your actual friends, half of them, okay, you know what I'm saying, 98% of them, you don't even actually know. They're your friend based upon somebody else that you know, and they just happen to see you. And because they're trying to make their friends, you know what I'm saying, the number of their friends actually increase, they're going to actually, guess what, reach out to you to be your friend. Y'all don't know each other. Both don't care about what you're eating. But you with your crazy stuff gonna go and check to see whether or not they liked it. Putting your, putting all your history, uh, you know what, uh, this is what you're really doing. I don't know why we going this way. You putting all your good moments on there. Now put some of your, your, your troublesome moments on there. We don't want, I'm tired of seeing you on your vacation. No, I'm tired of seeing you on the cruise. Go somewhere for real. Yeah, we're tired of seeing you on the cruise. Go somewhere for real. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. 
You're quick to post all your good moments. Thank God. God blessed us real good. God let us go to the... No, carnival took you there. No, we quick to do that. Bless God, this opportunity, me and Bay, me and Bay, Bay not even close to you. Right, Bay not even hugging you. Look what God did. What did God do? And then you got some, uh, don't nobody want to see you in no, no hospital gown with crossing your eyes and, and pray for me. What the father? I just, I, some of the stuff, it, it, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I have to be like, God, this is, what in the world, God? Is this what we're doing? You in the, in the hospital gown. Looking half dead to, to my prayer. Y'all, y'all pray for me, y'all pray. What in the world? There's a better way to ask people to pray for you and pray with you. No, I'm just saying, like, because it's, it's crazy. You never put your trying moments up there. I want you to take a picture when, you, when you're struggling to try to figure out how, how stuff about to be paid. I want you to take that picture, how you looking crazy right there, and put that up there. Y'all, this is what a stressed out individual look like when they don't know where their rent about to come from and trying to trust God, trying to believe. Take that picture and put that one up there. Take the picture of when you and your spouse done fell out of y'all arguing and y'all walking around the house signing. Take that picture and put that one up there. See, we're not going to put that one up there. You know what I'm saying? When both of y'all, you thinking about sleeping in the other room. Take a picture, y'all, when y'all got this big gap between y'all laying in the bed. Take that picture. Put that up there. We ain't going to take that. Oh, but we're going we gonna, to obey. We're going to take that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop being so fake. Because you're trying, you, you are so worried about the opinion of people, what people think about y'all. I told Father, I said, listen, man, yes, me and my wife are the pastors of the church, but guess what? He got Pastor Terrence and Prophetess Portia over the marriage ministry. Guess what? They got something to impart it to her. I ain't gonna, I'm not about to waste my gas. I'm not about to waste my money going to wherever we go to sit and play games with you. No, that's why I'm a right. I got another question. Oh, yeah, I ask questions. Some stuff I know. But I know it from my own perspective. Or I know it from my own definition. I need to see this thing from a different angle. I need to hear some wisdom, godly wisdom about this thing. Lincoln, remove yourself. Take your emotions out of the equations. T- take all that out and just be open. I don't have time to play. So I don't come. I'm not going to give this facade like we got it all together. No, so there's some days where my wife don't want to hit me in the head with a frying pan, and there's some day where I don't want to throw her out the window. Or the two stories. <laughs> I don't care what you think about me. Since we're talking about opinions, I don't, I, I, can, I don't care about your opinion. Because the Bible says it's the truth that you know that makes us free. 
We've never hit one another. We've never hit one another. But I ain't going to tell you I haven't had thoughts. Just like some of y'all have had thoughts. That's the truth. But I don't care about your opinion. You keep trying to walk with this facade like y'all so in love. Now that's the goal. We want you to be so in love. But before you can actually get so in love, you must deal with the truth. And the truth of the issue, you're not so in love right now. Right now I just like you. I love you, but right now I really just like you. I just like you. You know, I got on my nerves to the point... Because the truth be told, I can't even really tell you what I really feel or think. Because you get so emotional. Oh, that's why it's called, that's why it's something called the mediator. <laughs> You've talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. But all y'all have done is kept score. Y'all were not trying to get no resolve. Y'all were not trying to have an understanding. It was about being heard. That's all. Stop, stop cutting me off. Stop cutting me off. Stop, stop cutting me off. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Somebody know what I'm talking about. See, that's me. <laughs> Because I know I like to debate and all these different things. Now, if we both going to just go at it like that, I don't mind you cutting me off. But when I reserve all my energy to shut up and not interrupt you, oh, and you don't give that respect, oh, I am pissy mad. Because you don't know what it took me to be quiet and just, mm. Because mm. <laughs> I want to say something so bad and just like, mm. Like, I'm like, hurry up because this thing is about to come. Hurry, mm. Woo! So I had to distract myself like, mm, like, finally it's my turn. Okay, so, so you said, uh, and I come with my soliloquy. And before I can even get really into my soliloquy, you just, just, hold up, hold Do you understand that I just waited 15 minutes? I was just quiet 15 minutes. And then, see, I hate when they're Well, well, if you was quiet 15 minutes, write what you wanted to say. The devil is a lie. I wrote down what I wanted to say. And listen, did you, don't you see me going by my little pad in my hand and you interrupted me? The father. Oh, you talking about burn me up? That burns me up. Now, we just going to debate. I don't, I don't care about you cutting me off. Cause guess what? I know I'm going to cut you back off. I don't care. But when we approach the conversation, listen. I'm going to listen to you. You listen to me. We're going to be cordial. And it doesn't... Hold on. I feel like I'm the only one just... just I feel like I'm the only one biting my tongue. See, to me, somebody like me, that's a respect thing. And you saying, hold up. You're not giving me the same respect that I gave you. So guess what? I may be physically present, but I have shut down on the inside. Right, whatever. 
So all that talking you just did, you just talked, you just went in one out the other because the, I'm, at, I'm still at this point back here when you disrespected me. You felt like you have moved or we made progress in the conversation because I was still here and I wasn't saying anything. But the reality, I am still way back here. And until you come back here and apologize for being disrespectful, I am back here. See, that's most men. Because men, we have to be respected. We have to have respect. Woman, you need love. The Bible says, uh, honor your husband. Honor, in a sense, respect your husband. You need love. So the fact that you were not heard, you feel like you were not loved. The fact that you were not understood, you feel like you were not loved. The man done moved on because we're intellectual, you're emotional, right? So when we actually move on, you're still way back here. Man, until you go back to that point, she's still right there. That's why she, I, I don't want to talk no more. I'm tired of talking. All I've been doing is talking. And I'm just, I'm just tired of talking because, you know what? Out of all this talking, you ain't heard nothing I said. And as a man, you like, what are you talking about? I did hear you. I can repeat everything you said. You, you did not hear me. What does it actually mean, what I said? See, that's me. I heard everything you said. See me, I'll say something like, don't be insulting my intelligence. I heard you. You ain't got to say it five times. I heard you the first time. I understood you the first time. Well, I'm just telling you a truth. See, if you like me, I'm going to tell you the truth. That's, those, those are some of the things that are actually said in conversation. Rashad, don't be insulting my intelligence. I heard you the first time, and I understood you the first time. You ain't got to say that five times. Like I'm some child. I'm not your child. I'm a full-grown man. Even though I'm five, now I'm a full-grown man. It's playing with me. Right? I'm just telling you the truth. But the reality, until you actually hear the heart of this woman, are you thinking because you can repeat what, what does she, what is she really asking you? So I've just been praying, God, help my ears, God. Open up my ears so I can hear, God. God is opening things. And so a real-life conversation. Me and my wife had a real-life conversation. What are they, Sunday? So it had to be Friday. And I listened to everything she said. I heard them. It's like, okay, got it. There's no rebuttal. Like, got it. Moved on, did what I was doing, helped to pack all her lunch and all that stuff, get ready for work and all these different things, helping with the children. And she called me from work and she was like, I just want to tell you thank you because for the first time in a long time, That was me. That was me adding that. She didn't cry. <laughs> that was me. That was me. You know, for the first time in a long time, I think you actually heard me. Now, I had a moment. In that moment, I had to make a choice. Do I get offended by this? Because you're acting like I haven't been listening or hearing, and when all I've been doing is hearing. So in that moment, I had a decision to make. 
One of the other things that I've been praying, God, I invite your spirit, not just into my day, but I invite your spirit into my choices and decisions. I had the decision to make. Either I can make the decision to become offended by what she just said, or I can hear what she's being saying or saying, brace it and move on. So I chose to brace it and move on. I said, okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I felt like we had a breakthrough or something. Amen. I then proceeded to go on a 15-minute, not a tangent, raise none of just a, just a talking. And I said, you know what? Sometimes, Rishi, I, it hasn't always been why I wanted to talk. I said, because if, if I'm constantly telling these two things, I said, now people in church are even saying it. Pastor Lincoln, you yell. So what? I'm a yeller then. Be okay with it. I'm okay with it. Right? That's your opinion. Opinion of light feet. And some of them stink. We all got them and some of them stink. So some days your opinions about me stink. I don't even bother to pay no attention. Ah, right? So, like, Richard, you got the folk at the church somehow, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not Richard, you got the people at the church, but some of the people in the church. Renisha. Shekinah. Daddy, you yell. You yell too. I know. I know. Huh? <laughs> MK is a yeller too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be by myself. <laughs> they decided, this front row decided to put you up here with me. They said, she's a yeller too. It's the truth. They're not lying. It's the truth. You are a yeller. You was yelling in your worship. I love the word! Woo! I said, go ahead. Let me sit on down on that one. Hallelujah. She loved the word, Jesus. She wanted all of us to know she loved the word. And we heard it. We heard it. Right? So we're having this conversation, and I say to her, I say, well, listen, that's good. And I go on about 15 minutes. It's not a tangent, not, not no me dumping. I'm just like, well, Rich, I'm explaining something to you. I've been saying, even when you say, well, Lincoln, you yell, and I've been wanting to shut down, I said, well, Richard, anytime a person yells, they're yelling because they feel or they believe they're not being heard. I'm yelling because, like you saying, you don't feel like I've heard you. Same thing. We're saying the same thing. Only it's just manifesting two different ways. You get silent and don't want to talk. I just get loud. Risha! Right? That's how I do. I'm, I'm not, I don't care what you think about me. She loved me and that's all I need. I just need God, her, and my children to love me. Now the truth be told, if you're going to make it, then you got to love me. I'm okay with me yelling. This is what I do. <laughs> it's what I do. It's a part of who I am. I, I recognize that now. I, I don't try to deny it. I yell. No? So in that, we had that discussion and she was like, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I was like, well, I've been trying to say this for, for a good little while. So I said all that to say, we're building upon, because the enemy keeps trying to bring division through communication, trying to have gaps and holes in the communication. Communication is the means of establishing trust, building relationship. And if we cannot have that communication, if there are gaps and if there are holes, then guess what? I can't know her in the manner that God wants me to know her. Neither can she know me in the manner which God wants her to know me. 
Think about it. The scripture says, my sheep know my voice, my ability to communicate. If I'm her leader, if I cannot communicate, or if she fails to hear me, because I'm not releasing my voice or the significance that is housed inside of my voice. What are we doing? See, too many times we put it on an individual. You knew that that was a broken individual before you got with them. Matter of fact, y'all are two broken people. You decided, okay, well, us two broken people come together, we're going to make a what? A broken hole? That's what some of us got. We got a broken hole. Make sense of it. You got a broken hole. Y'all two broken parts and came together and this is a broken hole. This is a crack down the middle of y'all relationship. What am I saying? We both came with issues when we came together. We had our own issues. But because my issues seem to be more dominant or prevalent than yours, it seems to be that I'm the issue that we can't get where we need to be. No, it's because guess what? He said the two flesh have become one. It ain't no you're him. It ain't no she. It is an us. And until you see us, that's why you're going to keep being defeated and feeling defeated until you see an us. How are you trying to come alongside your spouse or your significant other to help them become better? Without them feeling like you're demeaning them, belittling them, putting them down, making them feel like they're worthless, can't accomplish crap. Now, I'm not telling you don't tell them the truth. That's the first thing you need to do. Tell them the truth. Because you telling them the truth is the proof that you love them. But I get it. There's some people who act like they can't receive the truth. It's not that they can't receive the truth. They can't receive the truth coming from you. They have not set or established themselves to receive the truth that comes from you. Did anybody else say that same truth? You know what? God is such a good God. I so bless God for revealing that to me. But I've been saying this the whole time. But because you hear this truth from me typically in arguments... You figure this is me just, oh, I'm coming back at you. No, I'm telling you the truth. I don't know why we over here, but we're talking about the opinion of people. And the truth be told, some of us are bound by the opinion of your spouse. What do you think about me? Because separate and apart from trying to please God, the next person that you're trying to please is that of your spouse. And when it's not your spouse, it is that of your children. See, some of us are actually bound by the people that you live with. You're bound by their opinion. That's why mamas would ask their children, how, is, how am I doing? You want to know whether or not your children think you cool. So you'll try to actually insert yourself a little bit. What's up, girl? <laughs> Trying to be the cool parent. Your children be looking at you like, what in the... Like, 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 mama, mama, no, no. I mean, let's, let's get it. The truth be told, no matter how cool you are, I tell my children all the time, 
I know I'm cool. I don't need your approval. I know I'm cool. I've always been cool. And when I die, I'm going to be cool. It's going to be hard for them to close my castle. That's how cool I am. You better know how cool I am. Right? <laughs> but what I understand when it comes to my children, she kind of is like, It's always a no, right? But when you separate yourself, just give yourself a little distance. What do I see? You know basketball because of me. Matter of fact, you think you're so stylish, but you know clothes because of me and your mom. Your interest in music, me. Daddy not that cool, so you say, or so you want me to believe, but every time I walk up the stairs, what do I hear playing? Gospel reggae. That's, that's my stuff. But I hear you bumping to it. But daddy not cool. Every time I turn around, how I have my hat on my head, that's how you wear your hat when you put one on. But daddy not cool. Now, the truth is, so you don't want me to be cool in front of your friends, but I'm cool. You keep showing me I'm cool, because everything I'm doing, you do it. What I like, you like. If I, then evidently, you're telling me if I'm not cool, then you're not cool. And you're not going to say that about yourself. So let's just go with what I'm saying. <laughs> you're cool because I'm cool, because you like what I like. Just go with what I'm saying. But we're talking about the opinion of people. Some of us are actually bound by the people in our homes, what they think of us. And I would be lying to you if I, if, I, if I tell you it didn't matter what my children thought of me. I want my children to say, I have a good daddy. That's how bad I'd be wanting to hear my children say it. When we're watching TV, certain scenes come on, and you see little kids, they be, they be, they be speaking to the, oh, you are such a great dad. I'd be like, oh, I wish my children would say that to me. <laughs> Just like that. Am I lying? Just like that. I'd be like, oh, I wish my children would say that to me. <laughs> so, so they look at me and be like, What's wrong with this guy? What I'm saying is, listen, I need your approval. I need your validation. I Because that's your love coming to me. Because guess what? Just like you need to hear me say that you're beautiful, just like you need to hear me say that you matter, just like you need to hear me say, baby, I'm going to be there for you regardless of what happened. Your father needs to hear that as well. Your mother needs to hear that as well. Guess what? We are humans just like you. We need to know we matter just like we let you know that you matter. So most of us are bound by the opinion of people right in the very same house that we live with. And if you're living alone, then God help you. You're just bound by your own opinion. I can't do nothing right. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. I'm so tired of failing in this same area. I'm talking about the pain of people. 
He said, if I, if I spend my time trying to please people, then I am not the servant of God. It is about Christ being pleased. So take me over to my next scripture. Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians 4, 23. He says what? And, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. When you're talking about dealing with the opinion of people, guess what? There are thoughts about what people think about you, and you're thinking about what people have actually said about you. You need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If words are, Christ said it in the book of John, words are spirit and they are life. A thought is nothing more than an unspoken word. What type of life? Again, mind and heart are used interchangeably, and we understand according to the Hebraic culture, the heart controls the inside life. What type of life is being lived on the inside via your heart or via your mind? Based upon the thoughts or based upon the words that I have heard, these, these opinions that people have expressed, what type of life is being lived on the inside? Do you get up with daily affirmations? When I say affirmation, I'm talking about the Word of God. I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I was created in His image. Because can we be real? Everybody's not beautiful, and I'm not trying to be offensive. Some of us fall into the good-looking category. And then there were some of us, you okay. <laughs> I, listen, it's the truth. I went through all three of them stages. Well, my children and Bernice and them was over there. They was like, now they showed me your, your picture. From, I said, I told you. I was the ugly duckling of the boys. That was me. I embodied that. Boy, I looked like a little gremlin. I went through stage. I looked like a little gremlin. At one time, I looked like a little newborn baby, pink rat. <laughs> I went through some stuff, man. But it never dawned on me while going through these different stages that I was unattractive. It became noticeable when other people began to say this. You're like, oh, hold up. My ears do stick out. Oh, I remember my cousin, he was like, boy, you look like a gremlin. Your ears just wrapped around your whole face. I was like. <laughs> you, you know what? You can't do nothing but laugh because you're so mad. He my cousin. Why would my cousin say this about me? We on the bus with everybody else. They're not family. Bro, you don't do your family like this. And then if I fight you. You just got to laugh. I was so mad when I was, <laughs> but boy, boy, if I can hit you right now. And then, you know, you get, it, it gets worse when you can't come back like they, <laughs> he's a natural comedic. He's just naturally just funny like that. Just, just come off just off the top of his dome, just spitting. I'm like, and I'm trying to come up with something. Well, well, that's why your mama named Rudine. <laughs> you trying to come back? I, I got nothing for what he just said. You should just left that alone. He won that. He was like, yo, I'm so mad. Like, I said the first thing, come to me. Mad, man. 
right? So I'm, being, I'm, I'm, I'm not sending it to be offensive, I'm sending it for a true. Some of us, we fall into certain categories. That's with people, though. There's only one category when it comes to God. I'm His. You're His. We were created in His image. When He sees you, He sees the reflection of Himself. He says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We need to actually get over the thoughts, the opinions, the words that people have spoken about us, said about us, what you believe that they think about you. So what my ears stick out a little bit. You know what they're good for? Hearing God. While you're stuck to your head, guess what? I'm going to catch it when it's over here. I'm okay with my ears. My, my, my wife loves my ears. I'm okay with my ears. Now, at one point when folk, because you know when you go through them awkward stages as a child, I, I went through some state. When I went back and looked at my own, I was like, what? Mama! This is, mom. I put the man, so nobody these, these photo albums. Why you still got that picture? <laughs> Oh, some of y'all got moments where you looking like, mama. And so, you know, I've been thinking. I mess around. Rain pulled up this, 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 uh, that voice, the show called The Voice. Look at me put my fingers up. <laughs> I couldn't think of it right out gate. And, and they was talking about, this is the first little episode. Me and my wife and Rain, we watching this, this voice in the, in, in, of this season with the guy John Legend on it, right? And, and, so happens he's he's been considered the world one of the world's sexiest men alive now. I said, okay. I said so. Depending on who who picking these folk, anybody can get in. You know what I'm saying? Some people are only sexy based upon what they can do. He could sing. This. So understand, there are different things that qualify you for being the sexist man or sexist woman alive. But I'm looking. And as they was talking about this, and they began to show different pictures from his childhood, and I was saying to myself, thinking if you should ever come into a little piece of fame, folk are going to know where you came from. I got to burn every picture. Oh, you'll never see me like <laughs> you foul devil. Oh, no. You'll only have present tense. <laughs> Right? So I was just thinking about that thing like, Lincoln, you got to go. When next time you go home, just ask your mama where all the photo albums are at. Just, just take all your pictures out. You ain't got to mess with nobody else's pictures. Just take all yours out. And she won't even have proof that you're her child. She ain't got no pictures. Right? But understand, you have got to be renewed in the spirit. You must change your thought process. Because if not, you'll forever be bound by the opinion of people. And the thing that I understand, most people don't talk about how truly strong this is. That's why you have folk making all these New Year's resolutions. ain't because they really want to be no healthy. It's because someone has given them a little bit of attention. 
And because this little bit of attention they receive to them, oh, I got to go get somebody body. <laughs> yeah, I got to go get somebody body. Are you ever satisfied? With, have you ever been satisfied with you? This is my thing. If you've never been completely, totally satisfied with yourself, then how dare you get mad when you feel or believe? Or even if someone should tell you they're unsatisfied with you, how dare you get mad when somebody else said that when you yourself have never been satisfied with you? So for us spouses and those of us with significant others, if you've never been satisfied with you, and your, your, your significant other, your spouse should point out something, how dare you get upset? Ooh, that's a real question right there. You hear that eerie silence in the room? You have no justification. All this time you thought you had justification. You have no justification. I'm going to tell you why. Because the scriptures say, this same Paul, he said, your body, not your own. So guess what, man? Your body really belongs to her. Guess what, woman? Your body belongs to him. Got no justification. Huh? That's, that's, that's what the Bible says. If we say we're going to believe the script, that's what the scripture says. So the reality, if you've never been satisfied with you, you, should never, you shouldn't be upset because they find something that they're not satisfied with. You know how many people who are married and still struggle with self-esteem issues? This is my thing. If you got three plus years in it and your spouse still struggling with their self I blame the other spouse. Because it becomes your responsibility to speak to them, to speak to their spirit, to speak to their self-esteem. Nobody wants to talk. You only want to talk when you want something. Oh, see, I get a whole lot of women that back me up right here. I've been trying to have a conversation with you all week, but now that you need a release, oh, you can talk now. You know that's the nature of a man. Most of us are not talkers like that. Dog, all right, I'm going to talk to you. You already know what it is. Stop playing like you don't know what it is. You're the talker. To do what you do, you talk. Oh, y'all be, y'all be, I be like, rush up, talk to Portia. <laughs> talk to Portia, talk to Kiri, talk to Benita, talk to them. I'm not saying me and my wife don't talk. I'm saying all that small talk, I that talk to them. I talk to you about what I need to know. For example, 
You've heard me say, I know certain co-workers on the job. I need to know that. Now that I know that, I don't need to talk to you about your job no more. That's how we roll. Unless it's somebody that you're trying to hit on and they're trying to hit on, then talk to me about your job. But I don't want to know about the, that somebody tell you had to wipe. I, wanna, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know who gave you a hard time. At, I don't want to know that. No. At first she was offended. She was like, well, don't I ask you about your job? Uh, not because I come dumping it on you. Give me that same respect. <laughs> no. So I'm saying, if your spouse is struggling, I blame the other spouse. Man, you're not speaking to her. Haven't you noticed the small things? Why is she getting up? I'm talking about like she happy going to work. She put makeup on to go to work. She put perfume on to go to work. But around you, she puts on none of that stuff. Haven't you noticed those small things? I told my, hey, 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 hey. you putting that, will you, why are you coloring your eyes like that for? It don't, it don't, listen, to go take care of folk does not require you to color your eyes or your lips. What are you doing? Well, I don't, I, I want to look nice on it. Okay. Okay. Do you have to color your eyes and your lips, though? Why, why, are you putting the per, why what are you putting perfume on to go sweat for? Because she humping the holes, taking care of it. Why? So I'd be like, Rashad. Oh, I get right in the face. Rashad. Rashad. Rashad, don't play with me, Rashad. Playing these games. I get it, though. Because then she asked me, well, why you like to put cologne on? Well, I told you. <laughs> then they can't hardly talk. Uh, it's not even about me. We're talking about you. Right? But you know why you do what you do. You know why you do what you do. If it's nothing more, you put the cologne or the perfume on because you want somebody to compliment Oh, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm on something right there. There was a lack of compliments in the home front. And now you're so hung up on the opinion of what someone else thought you. That's a, that's a nice perfume. That lipstick looks good on you. Whether it be man or woman, you now got the opinion of what someone else thought thought about your color of lipstick, your choice of fragrance, and it mattered to you because the one who should have said it never said it. So now you find yourself going to work looking to receive this compliment because you have become addicted to it. You have to have it. So I try to make sure I tell my wife, listen, the, the lipstick, the eye color, nothing goes up hands, what's already there. You beautiful, baby, without all of that. I just want you to know, I tell my children from the time they've been born, I've never called them cute. I say, cute is a polite way of saying you ugly. Yeah, you ain't no puppy. So I tell my children, I be straight up with my children, I say, cute. I say, listen, I was going through some stages. Folk were calling me cute. 
I said, I had to learn. That's a polite way of saying I'm ugly. Call me cute. I said, so never let nobody call you cute. If they can't call you what I call you, baby, send them to keep their company. I call you beautiful. You're going to always be nothing but beautiful. To the point now, guess what? We're a beautiful family. Because it starts with me, a beautiful man. <laughs> if Muhammad Ali can say it, why well, I can't say it? I'm secure in my manhood. I'm still a beautiful man. My wife is like, handsome. Beautiful and handsome then. <laughs> I took, I be, this is real stuff that happens in my life, y'all, and in my house. That's why she kind of keep putting her head down. She be like, oh my God, you're going to tell everything about us? Yes. Whatever God puts in my mouth to say about yes. If you didn't want it, you shouldn't have been born to me then. That's what comes with this. Hey, you can choose, you can choose your family, I can choose mine. It's what you got. But I don't use it. You're beautiful. This is what my children have always heard. I'm telling you, what am I really saying? The point that I'm making, if you say, speak certain words because words are spirit in their life, what you speak will actually become. And I don't just say beautiful where I'm talking about their exterior features, but I'm talking about beautiful in their conduct, beautiful in their personality, beautiful in how they handle people. Their relationships are going to be beautiful. This is what I'm, uh, this is what I'm really saying when I say they're beautiful. They're going to be beautiful children. I'm going to enjoy being their father. Because everybody don't enjoy being their, their, their child's parent. Because, like, we debunked, we talked about, because for everybody talked about how children are blessed and how we went through the scripture to show you, not all children are blessings. And so, for those children who give you a hard time, even how the book of Proverbs talks about, for that son that will not hear the instructions of a father. There were some of us, we struggle with parenting that difficult child. You ain't gonna say it, so I said it for you. It's true. Oh, when your child is at an age where their challenge is, is very challenging. It's those teenage years when they think they know more than you. They think they can do life better than you. They think you don't know crap. And you said, I'm twice your age. I've already been where you are. See, I be getting real with mine. I be like, child, you just need to stop lying because you're not a good liar. You can't lie worth crap. Them lies you be telling, I already know it's a lie before it fall out your mouth, so just stop. And the fact that you know I got the Holy Ghost, you ain't getting no lie past me. Okay, we ain't even got to put God into this way. I was an excellent liar. You, my friend, you about the worst liar because all you known was Christian stuff. All you known was Jesus stuff. I didn't know all of that stuff, so I had an advantage on you when it come to lying. Just stop lying because you're not good at it. Don't I talk to you like that? I'd be like, you're not a good liar. You're not a good liar. Stop. I told I, I know it's not good. It's not, it's not, it's, it's straight up in bonnets. I was like, man, you're not a good sneakerer. So you be trying your hardest just to sneak and do stuff. And not that you're trying to sneak and do anything bad. It's, it's stuff like this. When I wake you up for school, I expect you to get up and stay up. Not go get in the bed, and when you hear me come and try to ease up out the bed like you, man, see, you're not a good sneaker or stop! Right? When you're supposed to be in the bathroom brushing your teeth, but you're sitting on the floor, leaning up against the counter, sleep. Majesty, I, Majesty, I'm telling you, Majesty, you're not a good sneaker. 
right? So you just have to tell them someday, like, you're not a good sneaker or stop. <laughs> My nerves, you can't, you can't, listen, listen. Rain is not going to join in with y'all. Rain is going to tell. So you should just stop. We were able to sneak the way we sneak because our brothers were committed to the cause. If you get away with it, when it becomes my turn, listen, hey. Rain is not committed to the cause. Rain is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Now that used to be Madison. Madison like, I ain't getting in trouble for nobody. Madison, you can go and talk to Madison. Madison gonna tell you the straight up truth, regardless if she get in her trouble or not. Now, she done got in this sneaker room mentality. She like, mm-mm. So her and she kind of be trying to help each other do stuff. That's okay, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I got the Holy Ghost. When they try to sneak around, I got the Holy Ghost, right? And, and give me my hollering scripture. <laughs> my, my hollering, give me my hollering scripture. No, give me number 10. Give me my hollering scripture. So we can get out your way. Give me my hollering scripture in Jesus' mighty name. He says, what? Out of all these opinions that you must wrestle with, and as you're wrestling with the opinion of people, whether or not you are that, that they think of that, that they say. Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, you don't understand the significance in that. I am what I am by the grace of God. It is God that called me to be this apostle. I am what I am by the grace of God. You don't understand. I can stand flat-footed and say, guess what? That was me, the chiefest of sinners. Guess what? I was the worst of the worst. That was me. I was the scum of the earth, but I am what I am because of the grace of God. Had it not been for the grace of God in my life, you will be looking at a mess right now. And some days the truth be told, I'm still a mess, but thank God for the grace. Oh, I bless his name for his wonderful grace. Oh, that saving grace, that good grace that I don't deserve. It's because of that thing that I don't deserve that I am what I am. He said, and it's his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Oh no, this grace that he let come in my life, it's not in vain. It's not empty. God, I'm going to use every ounce of grace you gave me, God. Because guess what? I need every piece of grace you're going to let come in my life, God. Because I understand what I got to do, God. And I understand what I struggle with, God. But I bless you for every piece of grace you let come into my life, God. Grace to change. Grace to transform. Grace to be delivered. Grace to be a man of God. Grace to be a deliverer of this world. Grace to be a leader, God. Grace to be a husband, God. Grace to be a father. Grace to be a mother. Grace to be a wife. Grace to be a brother. Grace to be a sister. Grace! You didn't waste it. He said, but I labor more abundantly than all. See, some of you, you ain't, you're not putting in enough work yet. He said, I'm in the top echelon. I'm an apostle. But I, he said, guess what? I put in work. I'm working. And we can't find some of y'all working to tear down the opinions of people. No, you only have momentary deliverance when you come and hear the preach word. The preach word makes you feel good. The preach word challenges what you've been thinking of based upon these opinions that you heard of different people. And you have momentary liberty. As soon as you get back to your house, you find yourself wrestling with these opinions all over again. You got to put in. We're not saying don't have people pray with you, pray for you. But let me hear you pray. 
Let me see you pray. Tell me what you did when the struggle came. The first thing you should have did was went to the word. Because oh, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he defeated the enemy with the word, it is written. Uh, we don't hear you talking about no words you got. You, listen, whatever you're dealing with, there was a scripture that you could combat that struggle, that issue, that sin. But we don't hear you talking about word. If you don't know where to go, get a concordance. If you don't know where to go, go to the internet like you do for everything else. Go Google it. But ain't nobody trying to Google no word. First thing you do is boop, 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 boop. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to know at one point you've been hearing what I've been saying to you. What we've been teaching you, we've been teaching you to pray. We've been teaching you to fast. We've been teaching you to get in your word. What I'm saying is there are going to be some things that come against you that you are going to actually need help to actually overpower what is coming against you. But for them things that you can take out on your own, you just being lazy and won't take it out. And you want somebody else to do the work for you. The opinion of man, first of all, I can't get in your head. The only way God lets me in your head is unless God reveals your thoughts to me. And see, people don't think it's a real thing. It's a real thing. God will open up your thought process to people. You know what you're dealing with. You know what you've heard. You counter that with the word. Ask, if you're going to call accent, listen, have you ever dealt with something like this? And if you did, what did you do? See, most of us are not calling to get instructions on what to do. I'm calling because I want you to do the work for me. Folk gonna have an opinion about me because I said that. This is but the grace of God. It was with me. So me saying what I'm saying right now, guess what? The grace of God is with me. Will you have, let the grace be with you and receive what is being said. Let the truth challenge you that you become a better individual, a better man of God, a better woman of God. Because like we stated before, listen, there is no longer a standard for absolute truth. Truth is being slaughtered, being attacked on every level. And the Bible is clear about what's coming. Paul himself speaks about how they're going to hate you because you love Christ. They're going to come against you because you love Christ. They're going to look down on you because you have morals. Because you believe the Bible to be true. People are going to scoff and turn their nose up at you and call you all kind of whatevers and whatevers. Yeah, you're seeing it happen right now. So simply put, as they begin to project their opinions upon you, will their opinion become stronger than the word of God? And as you see, people are falling away. Because the Bible talks about there's going to be a great deception. That's going to come in very elect. They're going to be deceived, right? It's not because the truth is not the truth. It's because people are giving an ear to the opinions which are only of a gospel's. 
rather than hearing the gospel of Christ and letting the gospel of Christ be what it is, the truth. How will your life be affected? So we're talking about opinions. Pull them down, cast them down, tear them down, throw them down, pray them down, confess them down. Amen? Come on, put your hands together for the word in Jesus' name. Amen.